to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. This is a live recording of the Retreat House Podcast, and I'm coming from Mercy Hill Church. So this is so fun. I love doing live recordings, and actually they kind of make me sweat sometimes because sometimes I lose my train of thought, and I can edit it out when it's edited, but this is unedited, so this will be fun. Yeah. My guest for this special live recording is Megan Thorpe. Megan is a pastor and director here of Community Life at Mercy Hill, which means that she has her hands in a little bit of everything. Her family includes her husband, Chad, and kids, Caleb, Reed, and Quinn. Megan had reached out to me and asked me to speak at this event, but after our three-hour coffee, lunch, coffee together, sharing our stories, I thought we should do a podcast recording, and she should be the guest, and I'm so grateful that she was game. So, Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Is there anything else you'd like to say <clears throat> by way of introduction? Oh, gosh. I know. I, like I had I just shared to the ladies, I um, feel like I was kind of bait and hooked like this had the old switch with you because I had initially reached out to you Angela to be a, yeah. a guest at our <clears throat> women's event and now here I am but I'm yeah. I'm really happy to be here <laughs> I don't know how that happened well and I'm running grandma's marathon on Saturday oh bless you and yeah. so um yeah I'm raising money for IGM I'm so, so excited but yeah I was like maybe a podcast would be better because I might not have the brain capacity to yes that's <laughs> like no, say that a whole true. message that's so true. Thank, you're thinking. just helping me out Good. Megan. I'm here to help thank you I'm here to help mm-hmm. I'm a two <laughs> yeah oh I'm Enneagram oh, too. Yeah, we sorry. talked about that. Yeah, so sorry to I'm take advantage of that. No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's happens. That a bit. It happens. <laughs> That's good. I'm really happy to be here and excited to to share my story with my community and then also just whoever the world, listens. the world, the world, <laughs> yeah. the world at large. <laughs> so, where do you think would be a good place to start? Because your story is there's a lot to it mm-hmm. and it spans a lot of. A lot, a lot of, of years. years. Yeah. And I'm not that old, people. No. I'm not. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that old. But I do have a lot of story to share in my 37 years. I'm, I'm proud to say my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, I, maybe I'll just start um, kind of with grief because that's kind of how we connected. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my story is kind of ridden with the grief of, that I've experienced over, over the years, the last 20 years in particularly. Um, when I was four, no, when I was twelve, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, it was, I think it was stage four ovarian cancer. It was pretty severe, and so she fought her battle for two and a half years, and then she passed away when I was fourteen. I was a freshman in high school when she passed away, and just so young and such an important time, right? And I didn't at that time. I didn't really, you know, you're fourteen. You're you're not thinking about like, oh, that that's a pretty impactful like year of your life, but. Right. Now that I'm older and wiser, I was like, yeah, that was, that was a pretty important, impactful time of my life well, to lose my mom. Me, again, how old your oldest is. My oldest is eight right now. Okay. <clears throat> so when I am 45, my kids will be the same age that myself and my brothers were when my mom was 45, okay. which is kind of weird. You know, I'm not like worried or weird about that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of interesting to be walking through those shoes like as... Mm-hmm. Knowing, like, well, my mom was diagnosed when she was 42, and I'm not that far away from it. Mm-hmm. Just to be in I'm that I'm 45. Position. Yeah. That's great. And my son's 14. Yeah. Yeah. And crazy. my older brother was 17 when she passed away. He was just going to be a junior in high school. And then I was a freshman, and my younger brother was 11. So 
Um, my dad was left to parent, you know, a 17, 14, and 11-year-old. So that was, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of really like my faith journey, though, in terms of like what I felt walking with Jesus was like. I didn't know what it was like before that. I was a believer, and I went to church regularly, but I think through her diagnosis and ultimately her death, I was able to really understand as much as a 14-year-old can understand mm-hmm. what it meant to rely on Jesus and trust in the Lord. So that was that was kind of the first, I would say, big like milestone in my life and my faith journey. Which is a huge... It's a big one. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge, significant one. Yeah, but it's, and it's weird, like, looking back, I don't remember a lot, and I don't know if people who have, like, been had these tragedies happen to them when they're younger if that's normal or if that's just something I'm subconsciously doing and my therapist and I haven't got to yet (laughs) you know I I don't know but I don't remember a lot from her sickness and death really all through high school I don't feel like I have a ton of memories of that and I'm okay with that you know it's not something I like grieve in that way Mm -hmm. so yeah it's but I think as I grow older I'm just recognizing more and more the significance of losing a mom at that age. Right. I think I kind of thought that, you know, you, the grief happens, like, then, in that mm-hmm. period of time, for that those, like, six months. Right. You know, like... Well, and that's what people, like, people say, your job will give you a week or two right, weeks, and right. people kind of feel like, oh, well, aren't you past You're that? done now. You've yeah. moved on, is right. the term Like, I, your grief is done. Yeah, You're you, finished grieving. Yeah, there's no end date, right? <clears throat> no. And so, I think in my, you know adolescent mind that's what I thought and I maybe even shut it off subconsciously in that like we're done this happened and it wasn't bad my family well even for survival purposes to just I need to not be I need to survive right right so turn this part off right at times you have to Mm -hmm. you have to do that too and what I've come to learn in my older age um is that sometimes you do have to shut it off and sometimes you do have to turn it on but I didn't turn it on much at 14 I'd say so what was it like then when you became a mom? I mean, that was, that, yeah. Did that kind of throw you back and yeah. like churn everything back up again? It for sure did. And I think that's when I really began to realize like, oh, this is, this is like a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a like, I was 14 when my mom died and it was really sad for that year. Right. It was like, I'm never going to. Like your, your life will literally never be the same. No. Mm-hmm. And it, I will literally be grieving her forever mm-hmm. until we're together again. Right. And I think when I had kids, that was the biggest thing. You know, it was like Mother's Day is always, was always the worst day of, one of the worst days of the year. And now I was like, well, I'm a mom. Like this should be a happy day, right? And it is. But it There's also, a tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably so, feel that way too. Is mm-hmm. Losing your mom. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it's funny. Some years I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And some years it just sneaks up and it's like right here. Yeah. yeah. The yep. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. And there's just like milestones that the kids have or, you know, whatever it may be where you're just like, Ugh. And, it, and it, it might be a little different knowing that she never knew them mm-hmm. in terms like, you know, we talk about Grandma Nancy in heaven and how much Grandma Nancy would have loved this. And, and that's really special. But to them, they're still pretty young. It's kind of an ambiguous thing. Right. You know, to put that into how does that make sense? But it definitely was an added layer of grief when I had kids, for sure. So then when you were talking about Grandma Nancy in heaven, mm-hmm. it reminded me that 
So your dad ended up remarrying. He did, yeah. And so then how old were you when your dad remarried? Yep, he started dating Pam, um, who became my stepmom when I was a junior in high school. So he waited two and a half years. And then they got married when I was a freshman in college. So 2000. It was. When you know, he started dating? Yes, it was hard mm-hmm. when he started dating because I was still in high school too and I came from a really small town. Okay. And so it was just like everyone knew. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, oh, that this was happening. Mm-hmm. But my dad and was... And everybody has opinions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, they yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yep. They talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's too long. It's too short. Right. Yeah, everyone yeah. has mm-hmm. a... They, they know what it, how it should be, right? Right. Um, but it, it, it was hard, but no, seeing my dad happy, like made it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that, I mean, I didn't know that again, it's like all hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, I was 16. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Yeah. 16 when they started dating and like 18 when they got married. So it was, it was kind of a relief to just see him happy and see him like marrying this wonderful woman. And he and my mom had talked about it. So okay. there were a lot of things that they were able to talk about with each other because she was like, went through hospice care and went through the whole thing that there was a lot of these things that were firmed up, firmed up. That sounds so like technical, business-like, but you know that they, they talked about those things before she passed away and they talked with us about those things. Which is great Mm -hmm. because my situation with my mom, I think she was just kind of angry Mm -hmm. at the end. And so we didn't have some of those conversations. I do remember I was praying that I was like, Lord, let, let's talk about her funeral. Like Mm. I want to know if she has wishes because when that time comes, I just want to know. Yeah. And so I was like, can you just drop it in conversation, Lord? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And one time, like, just she and I were talking, and we were talking about funerals, and I was like, have you thought about yours? Mm. And then she started rattling all this stuff off, and I was like, can I... Can, can I, I get a, pa- yeah, can I get a pen here. and paper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I write this down. And I did, and I typed it out. Mm. And when we went to the funeral home after, everyone, because I gave a copy to everyone in my family, and then everyone pulled out their paper, and they're like, here's what mom wants, wow. which was a gift. Yeah. Which, so it was nice that you, that we, your dad and your mom had those conversations, yep. and that you were a part of it, too, mm-hmm. to know yeah, that this is what she wanted. About it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really special. And there's a little bit of regret, in, like living in the digital age now, and how much people take pictures and do all these mm. stories with people. It's like we didn't do that in 1996. Okay. There wasn't that wasn't available. Mm. So part of me is like, oh, if only we, I'd have all these other memories of her. But it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's still special nonetheless. So, and I think this is. I do have a picture. I don't know, Robin, if you want to do that of my family back in the day, that the people here can see are hair yes nice so that is the og the original family um i like the backlighting the yep. halo yeah halo you know lighting. what to be completely honest it's a picture of a picture so oh. that's why <laughs> we didn't have digital pictures in right, 96 right, right. thus i had to take a picture of it so yes um i just like to show that because i think it's so like you know it's my mom and like a lot of the people who i encounter now don't I mean, that was so many years ago. It's like they don't know who she is or mm-hmm. what her name was or like what my maiden name was. You know how it's weird when you get married? You're like, oh, you had a life before right. a different name, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And she was just so beautiful that it's like fun to see. And I was like, she knew what she was doing. She put herself in blue and the rest of us in red. <laughs> and in the center. And in the center. Right. She was I like her. Dumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's just fun. Fun to have those. So. Okay, so then you're going off to college, mm-hmm. and your dad is getting remarried. Right. Yep. And tell me the na- her name again. Pam. Pam. Yep. Okay. So then Pam, then, you know, what, what was that like? What was that like having a... Yeah, a stepmom. Stepmom. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was a, it, was, it was hard. I mean, there were par- parts of it that were hard, but Pam was 
literally the most perfect gift from God in our family. Pam came into our family. She had been married before, but she did not have any kids. So that was really big for my dad, I think, in just blending our families that we didn't really have any blending as much to do. Pam has two wonderful sisters and a mom and a dad who we, you know, worked things out with and had to, like, deal with the holiday stuff with. But otherwise, if you're blending families and they don't have kids, it's a lot easier. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and she was so, so wonderful about, she ne- like, she, she said to me, like, I am not your mom. I don't want to be your mom, not in a bad way, but I want to honor and respect your mom as much as I can. So I am here for whatever you need, but I am not here to take the place of her. And so she was just so, so good about it and well, so gracious. It's so great that she could verbalize that yeah. and put that out there. Yep. Yep. She was wonderful. I never got to live with her since I was in college. I think maybe one summer I did live at home when she was there. So there were definitely things that were, I mean, my younger brother has a lot more stories than I do because he was, he lived there with her and how that worked, but I don't have as many of like getting used to it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it was just really good to see my dad with someone mm-hmm. and knowing that like we're all leaving and what does that leave him with? It's just really hard to see someone lonely right. and sad. It is. Mm-hmm. So that it, it was, she was just so wonderful and she loved my dad so much and she loved us so much the best she could that she was literally just this, this gift from God that was supposed to be in our family. Well, and you are talking about her in past times. I am. Yes. So that's the second half to my story. So two years ago, May of 2017, my dad and Pam and two of their, two other couples were traveling in the Czech Republic on a work trip, my dad and two other colleagues were traveling and the six of them were in a car and they were hit by a semi-truck and three people passed away and Pam was one of them and so we kind of here we go again Lord what's what, what what's happening so that was kind of is the second chapter so to speak I mean there's other mini chapters but those are kind of my giant chapters mm-hmm. of my life where, where where that happened and uh yeah, we've just been, we're still dealing with it. It's only been two years and it was a really big tragedy that happened in a different country where multiple people um, perished. So that was And And so like the time difference and tragedy and I mean, will you talk a little bit about when you, when you first heard? Yeah. Yeah. So I found out um, my dad was the driver of the car and they, um, he was able to walk away. He completely walked away from the accident. He, the first thing he did, seconds, we think it was moments after the accident was text my brother and I, and just said that he, there was been a terrible car accident in the Czech Republic. Um, I think we're losing people, you know, please pray. So it's 7 a.m. in Minnesota, it's 3 p.m. in the Czech Republic, and I get this text. <laughs> and I happened to be watching, like taking on two extra kids that day, so I had five kids, mm-hmm. six and under, and I was like, uh-huh. okay. We're going to school. Everyone get in the car. So we like, I wasn't clearly wasn't thinking it was thinking straight that it was I'm like, it's fine. We're fine. We're good. Mm -hmm, We're we're mm -hmm. just going to do this. So, you know, I drive, you know, really smart things to do when you're under a shock like that Mm -hmm. and drop some kids off at school. And then the day just progresses. And, um, you know, I find out that Pam and Deb and um, Bob had passed away and, you know, people just started coming over to our house. My brothers came over and we were able to spend the day together. My uncle was there. One of the hardest things with the time difference and being in another country, I wasn't actually able to talk to my dad for more than 30 seconds for like 36, until 36 hours after it had happened. Wow. There were just legal things that happened with him being the driver and having to be detained for 24 hours that I, that was probably one of the hardest things was that here this happened 
and I, I can't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, just sitting knowing. here. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. And so those 36 hours were just awful. They were so hard. It was terrible. And so it's, it's just, and then he stayed over there for a week, just getting everything tied up. And so we're grieving literally half a world apart from him, where it's like, we don't, we can't be together mm-hmm. for... Like you can't go to him. No. I can't even call him right. and talk to him about it. Or he, I mean, he could call us, but it's like the time, it's just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was so, so bizarre. I look back and I was like, how in the world did we do that? Right. How did you get through it? By the grace mm-hmm. of God. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. it's just like, that is the only way that we got through that. Cause <laughs> it was just, it's unbelievable. And the tragedy and the like amount of people it impacted because three people had passed away and that they were all working together and we were for they were foreigners like it was just intense yeah the worst like worst case scenario it was mm-hmm. it was it was it's like people you know when people ask you like you know how how is it going it's like you really can't lie in that situation we're like no. it's pretty bad yeah like it can't get much worse than this no. I, I don't know like you me. hear yourself say things that you never thought right. like did that really did right. I really did that really come out of my mouth? Right, mm-hmm. right. Did that really just happen? That mm-hmm. this even sometimes when I retell the story, I'm like, this really happened? Like I'm not lying. Right. I'm not making it up. Like this yeah. is this is our reality. This mm-hmm. is this is what it is. And and one of the things I remember vividly saying when I was talking to my younger brother right after it happened was like, not again. Like no. Mm-hmm. Like no way this is happening to us again. Because I remember when I was sixteen being like, I'm good. This is my thing, right? I lost my mom when I was 14. I'm, I'm good. Like, nothing else is happening, right? Like, I literally believed that like in I've my heart. I've met the quota. I've met the quota of bad things. Like, mm-hmm. that's my story. That's going to be what I share. That's my thing. And then I, this happened. I was like, excuse me? Like, no. This isn't. Well, this and isn't. when you were 14, <laughs> you said that that was, the, that was the time that your relationship with God really got roots yeah, and started to grow. Yeah. So then how did this... I mean, did this kind of upend things for you? It didn't. No, I honestly believe that I have been given the gift of faith where like I never have questioned. Mm -hmm. I never have questioned that he is so good and that I don't know and I don't get it, but he does. And Mm -hmm. I trust him so much. I just, I do. Like I just, I've never questioned. And I know that people go through hard things. Everyone goes through hard things, right? Like we are promised that when we go through trials, when when, Mm -hmm. and not if. And that's what I didn't get in my 16-year-old mind, that it's when, not mm-hmm. if. And not like a when one time, like when, yeah. check. It's like, it could be a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like, it's, it, he's good through it all. Like, and he gets it. He gets it. And he knows. So when this happened again, while I was mad, I was mad. But I didn't doubt. And I didn't question him. But I was mad. That is a gift. Yeah, it, it really is. And I... I understand why people doubt it sometimes and why, like, why someone in my situation would be like, no, no way. This, you're, this, is, this is not happening. This is not real. Mm-hmm. Who, who are you? You, know, yeah. you wouldn't let this happen. Well, and that was part of my story, too. When, when my mom died, he could have saved her, and mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah. So at least, like, I don't think God makes bad things happen, right. but they at least like, go across his desk, and right. he allows them to happen. Yep. Yep. And so, like... What happened there, Lord? Right. Like, did that one pass and you didn't right. see it? Yeah. And, and to hold the tension of he's good and we this lose happened. people. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. he could save. Yeah. It's just, I guess you could say I've had the, air quotes, privilege mm-hmm. of going through losing someone 
knowing that they're going to die and also a tragic, mm. unexpected death. I've experienced both. They are so different. Mm -hmm. I cannot even begin to describe how different they are. The, the thing with the tragedy that like you don't understand and you don't, it comes, knocks you out of, out of nowhere. It's, it's, a different, it's a different kind of grief, I think, that you experience when you're not expecting it to. Well, shock. It's, you're, yeah, you're shock, dealing, yeah. and then you can deal with the grief after right. you're over the shock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's been such a, the, the tragedy of losing Pam and having just the whole experience has totally shifted more so than losing my mom, and I'm sure it's because of the age and probably how it happened. It's really shifted how... I view my life and how I live my life more so than ever. And I mean, I'm older, I'm more mature, I'm viewing it in a different way. But I just, the lens that I can look at things through now is so different than it was two years ago. And it's way better. It's we way better. Say more about that. What so does that look like? We have a choice, right? Mm -hmm. We have a choice as to how we're going to like react to every situation that we encounter. And like I said before, like it's when we encounter those situations. It's not <laughs> if. Mm -hmm. Like... I can't say now, I'm good. I've got the two. I've got the two. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I can't like, even this say is it, this right? is it, right? <laughs> right. I can't even say that. And I'm okay not even saying that. Because like the time that we had, I'd say for like two weeks to a month from when the accident happened to, I don't even know when, it was like my dad would describe it as holy ground. Like we were standing on holy ground mm. with the Lord. And nothing in the world mattered. Nothing else mattered. Like, we were together as a family. The world beyond us was, didn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. And it was so sweet. Like, the time was so sweet, and Jesus was so real, and he was so close to us that I, it was okay. Mm -hmm. It was that okay. Intimacy. Yes, it was. And I, I'm not, like, super great with words, but someone gave me a book after the accident, and it's Daring to Hope by Katie Davis Majors. I don't know if you've read that oh, book. Oh, she's the one in Africa that adopted all the children. Yes, yes, she adopted all these children. And so she wrote, and it was so profound. She said, to, she said even in my grief and anger and confusion, Jesus felt nearer than he had ever before. Although I do not long for suffering or trial, I do long for the intimacy with Jesus that comes from difficult times. It's a strange paradox, but there is great purpose in our struggle and pain. And I completely understand that and get that. Like, I don't want bad things to happen, but I'm not afraid of them at all. Because it's like, that was so sweet with Jesus. It was so sweet with him. He had, has never been, like, closer to me than in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That the, that was the one thing that came out of that all those losses mm -hmm. is that intimacy with him. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to have to go through it again to get that intimacy, but I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. And that he just never leaves. Right. And never forsakes and mm -hmm. is always there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I, I do believe, too, that, like, I have this pain for a purpose. Like, it's not to be wasted, and I don't want to waste it either. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason I said yes, is because yeah. it's like, I have a story. Like, it's funny, we were in a series here in the Aspen Grove Network about, it was God trusting us when mm -hmm. the accident happened. And one of the first things I thought of was like, God trusts you. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. But I was just like, God trusts you, Megan. God trusts you with this story. And I don't know what that completely means, but it's like, I have, I have a story, right? And we all have a story mm -hmm. and we get to choose. I talked about that choice. Like we get to choose what we do with that story. And I do not want that story to go to waste. 
And I want it to be like reflective of him and his love and his goodness to me. So what, are, what does that look like? How have you been able to, what is part of the purpose right. of the pain that you've seen? Yeah, I, it's, I think it just plays out. I can't, I think for a long time, I tried to like identify it and be like, that's going to be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's how I live my day, my life every day. Mm -hmm. One of the big things that I try to live every day is just in light of eternity. I really believe like this, the death of my mom and then the death of Pam were so awful, but they're literally speed bumps mm -hmm. on like the journey into eternity. Mm -hmm. Like you, you think of eternity, people. Like we can't even grasp mm -hmm. what that means. Right. Like this is the <laughs> like standing on the thing. edge of the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, and it's just you can't. It's even when I stood on the edge. I mean, have you ever been to the Grand no. Canyon? No. Well, maybe when I was young, but I probably didn't like it. Because even when I was standing there, <laughs> nature. Yeah. My husband wanted to stop at every overlook. I'm like, still the same canyon. Yep. Looks still, the same. Yep. Bugs. There's still the canyon. But standing on the edge, I was like, it doesn't, doesn't even seem real because yeah. it's so big and it's so vast. Yeah. It, didn't, it, wasn't, it felt unreal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just try and live in light of eternity is, is one of the things. It's just like, mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It's just a small thing. And I... I'm referencing another book because I'm not great with words, but Levi Leskow wrote Through the Eyes of a Lion, and I read that after Pam passed away, and he just said it so beautifully. It's like you could think of every day after the death as one day farther away, right? Mm -hmm. One day farther away from being like with them and holding them, and that's really sad mm -hmm. to think of. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I just hit the two-year mark, two mark. It's been two years since whatever. Or... I'm two years closer to being with them for forever mm. and forever. I have way more time with them in front of me than I have behind me. Mm. And if Beautiful. I can look through that lens in light of eternity, pff, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So one of the other pictures that you had was oh. of pajamas. Yes. So I don't want to <clears throat> not hear that story. Yes. Okay. So, so the first picture is that's Pam. Um, she was so beautiful. And my dad. And so this Pam was into entertainment and themes and just like, you know, she was, she had the gift of hospitality. She was wonderful. But she would plan, like these are her, she had nine grandbabies and they were her pride and joy because she never had kids. So they were her they were her thing. Yes, I think there's nine of them. There's one missing there because baby Lyndon wasn't born until the September after Pam passed away. Okay. So she themed up the Christmas cards every year. <laughs> every year we had a theme. And so this year was pajamas. And my dad said, no way. I am not putting on pajamas and you are not sending out that card to 300 people. <laughs> well, he walks out of his room and he's in like the tightest pajamas ever. So... And then he said after, never again will I do that. So that was their Christmas card one year. And then the Christmas after Pam passed away, we did this. So I think there's another picture. We did that. <laughs> oh, Not only did on he it. get in pajamas, but all the adults <laughs> got in pajamas. Because we knew that it would just make her so happy that Aww. we were pajamming it up. So that is us the Christmas after, our first Christmas without Pam, which was okay. obviously really hard. But... We found joy, and we wore matching pajamas, and mm -hmm. it, was, it was fun. It was fun, and they're just so cute. So never again will we yeah. wear matching pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's done, right? <laughs> two times is enough. Well, my dad said two times. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so it was fun. She just had a lot of, a lot, 
a joy. She had so much joy, and she just found something to be grateful for in every situation. And that's kind of another thing, is just trying to live like that, is like finding joy in all circumstances and, mm-hmm. you know, the joy that overflows from it all. And so we can, we can stand there, you know, months after the accident and losing her and be like, we're still good. We're still here. He's good. And we can celebrate that. So. And how is your dad doing? He's so good. We, this is funny how this coincides. So we just got back from the Czech Republic a week ago. We, um, my dad and myself and my older brother um, traveled there with another family, one of the other families who had lost their mom. They brought 18 people with them to go back to the Czech Republic because we had not, we never got to be there after the accident happened. My uncle went out to be with my dad for the week, but the rest of us stayed back. Um, logistically, it was just really hard to get mm-hmm. people to the Czech Republic that quickly. So we were able to go back, and it was, I didn't have expectations going in. I had no idea what yeah. would ha- how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I didn't have warm feelings about the country before or after it happened. It was kind of like, good, don't need to go there, don't need to experience that place, like mm-hmm. something bad happened there, right. let's just kind of move on from it. But my dad wanted to go, and I wasn't going to have him go alone. You know, I'm like, I'm going with you, this is pretty right. important. So we went, and it was unbelievable. Mm. It was so, so good. It was just a different level of healing that I didn't know I needed necessarily, but it was so good. We stayed at the same place that they stayed, and we, so there was 22 of us that I think total with the other family, and we were going to go to the accident site. So the legit tour bus pulls up in front of our little chateau we were staying at. We're like, mm-hmm. this is for us. We have, a, we have a tour bus taking us to the accident site. <laughs> and because it was like a busy intersection, we had to have a police escort there. <laughs> it's not to draw attention to the foreigners traveling. But uh, we got there, and as, as we pulled up, I knew that this was going to happen, but I didn't know like the gravity of which it would feel like. The, a lot of the first responders who were there that day were at the accident site waiting for us. Oh. And they were all standing there in their formal uniforms, just like super respectful mm-hmm. to my dad and Gordon and waiting for us there. And it was so powerful. There was this man, Tomas, who was there, who my dad just talked about so much. He was the interpreter. I mean, there's a language barrier. Right. They, had, they couldn't, I mean, they had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Tomas, I can't remember how he actually got there, but he got there and he spent days with my dad and Gordon after the accident, just being there for them and interpreting. And he was there at the accident site and dressed in his suit. He took a personal day just to Mm. be there and see us. And that was just, it was so powerful and it was so cool to go there and say thank you to them. And Mm. a lot of them said like, no one comes back. No one comes back and tells us, how things ended up or how, what they're like. But these things, like if you have family members who's a, you know, part of an ambulance or fire, like it impacts them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they were just so grateful for us to do that and to like say thank you to them. And, and from the bottom of his heart, my dad was like, thank you. Like you guys did everything you could do. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for you. Which was probably so important for them to hear yes. since there was so much loss. Yeah. Yeah, from and from a from a different country, you mm-hmm. know, it was like these people. So, it was it was so so cool to see. It was just unbelievable. And and that being said about my dad, he's doing amazing. He's he is the most. If I'm gonna cry, it's gonna be over my dad. Mm-hmm. And I've told him that. I'm like, you are. I don't know. People ask, how are you doing? And I'm just like, I feel like it's weird to say he's fine. Like, how do you say you're fine when this happened mm-hmm. and you've lost two wives in 20 right. years? 
we were talking when we talked about like having humor in right. morbid things. And I know there's someone else here who feels the same way as I do. Um, but you, you kind of have to sometimes, right, to have humor in it because, mm -hmm. but anyways, we, we joked when we were picking out Pam's headstone. I mean, clearly my mom already has one and my dad's name is our aunt. We're like, dad, how are you going to do this? Like <laughs> awkward people are not going to know <laughs> what's going on. So we're like, do you have an arrow? Like, you know what? I don't know. I'm with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with them. Exactly. So it's, it, it's, he's doing so, so well. But what did you do? You can't do that. And, and then, then that's why I said, oh, yeah. I should have a picture. We did it and it's gorgeous. It's my dad is, is in the middle, but he's, um, there's my mom's headstone. So my mom and dad are on one headstone and then Pam has her own right next to them. Okay. And it, on my mom's, it says like mother of Chris, Megan and Ben. And on Pam's, it says grandmother of all oh. nine of the kids. And then it has um, wife of Tom. Okay. So there's no arrows, but you right. know, you get it. it's a small town. People right. can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's, he's so, so good. And he is just, he is so strong in the Lord and he will attest to that is the only thing that has gotten him through these 20 years. And he, he really believes that, that he was driving for a reason and he's, he's come to peace with so much of it and what has happened. And it's, it honestly is just because of his faith in Jesus. And he loves, he wells up talking about Jesus and how much he loves him. And I just, that's why, that's the only way, the only way that we can be where we're at as a family or where he can be now and, and say that. Yeah. It's because of that. So he's wonderful. And I was just so grateful to be able to travel with him. I mean, sitting internationally between your dad and your brother, brother at 30, 37 is great, yeah. but it was, it was a wonder. It was so wonderful. So I'm super, so grateful for that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no easy way to transition into the next part of the podcast. So I'm just going to go. Let's do it. The Let's next just jump thing. in. Yeah. Jump in. So there are two questions that I ask all my guests yeah. on the podcast. I gave them to you ahead of you time. You did. Okay, mm -hmm, good, good. Mm -hmm. The first one is because it's called Retreat House, how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, I've been said to retreat too much, Angela. Oh. <laughs> I like some alone time. Yeah. Are you an introvert? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I love my bedroom mm. alone. Um, <laughs> but I'm working on that because I've noted that's not always the greatest for the marriage. To be like, I love my bedroom alone. So I'm working on that one. Um, I also love, um, I, it's like my power hour. I'm a morning person by nature. So I get up at least an hour before the rest of the house. Okay. I get mad if I, if people are up at mm -hmm. that hour <laughs> and I have some time with the Lord and I get some work done and I just feel good to go mm -hmm. for the day. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't have that hour, it's not a good day. It's not, it's not a good day. So that is how I retreat like a practice. I'd say like my dad's house, he lived, uh, he and Pam built their retirement home on the lake. Um, gosh, it was five years ago. So, and that was, had been in our family for 30 years. So that lake place has always been okay. a retreat to me. And even more so now to go back there to this house that Pam built was, mm -hmm. is pretty special. So I love being there. Yeah. Yeah. And then my second question is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe <laughs> something about yourself, what would that be? Okay, so honestly, this question I have thought more about than anything else we just talked about. And like that I've talked to multiple people about this. I have here's the thing. I'm not weird, you guys. I'm not. I'm boring. Okay. I am planned type A mm -hmm. boring. 
I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard stretch to find something weird about me. And I'm serious. I would admit it if there was Anything something super weird. Anything that you do weird. that you think you're like, this is totally normal that well, I like dance down the shopping aisle. Nope. Don't do that. Along. Nope. Okay. I don't do that. Nothing? Nope. I don't think so. I, I eat peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. <gasps> that counts. Okay. That okay. works. Then that's it. That's the one thing that is weird about me. Peanut butter and pickles. It's so good. Not old, like besides when you're pregnant. No, all the time. It is so good. Wow. I dill pickles. Wait, are hamburger pickles dill pickles? Yeah. Okay, dill pickles, and peanut butter. Try it. Wow. Tell me what you think. I'm not kidding. It's good. That. that so that's counts. my. I guess that's my weird thing. That is a weird thing. There you go. That I works. am weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weird. Well, thank you for letting me twist your arm. Oh, thank and, you for letting me share. Yeah, and doing this. I, I think this is going to matter to your, to your church mm. community, and I think it's going to matter for people to hear, for the listeners to hear that, that there's life on the other side. Yeah. There's a life on the other side of a lot of loss, mm-hmm. and the Lord will be with you. It might not feel like it mm-hmm. for a while or sometimes, yeah. but, yep. but that he is there being a constant. So thank for you sure. so much. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for joining me at the table. Any links or anything that we talked about during the show can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please go leave a review so others can find us too. If you want to keep up with what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.